You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Alan Seals. I'm Liz Essen. And welcome to Carried Away, the world's premier Jim Carrey podcast where we explore the filmography of the rubber-faced Canadian actor film by film and show by show. How are you doing, Alan? I'm good. I haven't seen you in so long since our last time. Well, do you want to know what happened, Alan, between <laughs> our last recording and this recording? I do, um, I do. I had to go on a little trip to Club Med. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh... And... You want to know what happens in Club Med, apparently? Um, music. Rock concerts. A lot of bad rock music? A lot of bad rock music, and I get to bother a lot of people just trying to enjoy their stay. It's great. I do impressions. I just walk up to a mic and start singing Mr. Bojangles, and then eventually it stops and the movie's over. This week, we are talking about Copper Mountain, a Club Med experience. So, Copper Mountain, A Club Med Experience, was released on July 7, 1983, in the United States. It was written by Damian Lee and David Mitchell, and directed by David Mitchell. And the plot of which is, two friends, Bobby Todd and Jackson Reach, travel from their hometown of Grimsby to the Club Med Village in Copper Mountain. Jackson intends to hit the slopes and ski, while Bobby attempts to seduce women with impressions routines. That, that has never worked in the history of ever. Eventually, Jackson wins a challenge race, and Bobby finds companionship by being himself. All right. So, Alan. You, you, you left out that his friend Jackson Reach is played by who, Jess? Mr. Yeah. Alan Thicke, the father of one Robin Thicke, the Blurred Lines guy's father. The grandfather of Blurred Lines, if you might think. <laughs> you know, I had never thought about that until you just said it. And now thinking of the wholesome father from Growing Pains singing a very inappropriate song through his lineage has, has made me very uncomfortable. And now well, I Well, good thing he got sued for that song. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan Thicke, um, I have no impression of Alan Thicke aside from the fact that he had... S- he was in Growing Pains. Like, that's the only thing I know about him. Yeah. I mean, let's see. So, let's see. Uh, Alan Thicke. Um. Like, I remember right before he died, he was on Fuller House, and then it was really sad that he was in Fuller House, and that was the last thing he did. Yeah, because that, yeah, that was bad that that was the last thing anybody did. Um, he's got quite a bit of, of films. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, RoboDoc, the 2009 smash hit. Um, being Canadian, the 2015 smash hit. Um, I, I hear that was only beat out for number one that year by The Force Awakens, so that one really did good. <laughs> Casper meets um, Wendy. Oh, that movie's actually high quality. Hilary Duff 
Should have gotten an Oscar. Classic. He's got a much longer TV resume than a movie resume. And TV movies are separated out completely in Wikipedia here. But, oh, there's Growing Pains Return of the Seavers in 2004. But you know, but if you look at the very top, what was his first role on a TV movie? Copper Mountain. Copper Mountain, which is basically an infomercial paid for by MetLife. Or Club Med. MetLife Insurance? MetLife. MetLife Insurance paid for it. Um, <laughs> it, it, sadly enough, we could not enjoy the cl- Club Med experience because it is now closed. The ad did not work as well. But it was in Copper Mountain, Colorado, which I hear is beautiful from all of my Colorado friends. It's a real place. And it, it, like, if you look, once again, a, a film marketed on the face of Jim Carrey despite him not being in it very much. All the DVDs have his face dead center. Jim Carrey's in this movie, I promise. Then you start it off, he, he's kind of there. He, I, I will say, you get a little bit more of your fill of Jim Carrey than you did in Rubber Face or even uh, um, All in Good Taste. All of those things, he's like barely in it. And then this one, you know what? He is a main character. I will give you that much credit. As much as he can be in an ad for Club Med that is pretending <laughs> to be a movie. That is also an ad for a bunch of bands that is also covered with mild misogyny. Yeah. Also, they sing the same Credence Clearwater Revival song three times. <laughs> it's a good song. Like, every time I'm like, yeah, start it up again. They're not even, like, montages or snippets. It's the <laughs> entire song in full length. Like the one band finishes, they're like, "Hey, we have a new, we have another lady coming up to sing a different song." They're like, "Oh, it's gonna be a montage to them skiing." It's like, "Oh no, she's singing the whole song. It's the entire scene." You don't make it to forty-five minutes that easily. You gotta put the songs in there. Jim only has so many impressions. He's just like twenty-three or whatever he is. Yeah, I'll soon hear the tagline of Copper Mountain. Sure do. Jim Carrey in one of his first and funniest. Films, I think that's what it says. It's a very low-res image. Running riot in the Colorado ski slope. Running riot. Yes, pestering young women is pestering a good way women. to describe running riot. He is going up to women, and I'm like, I'm going to do Jack Nicholson at you until until you have sex with me. And that is his entire character. But that's also his... They're treating it like an affliction. Like, he is <laughs> unable... To, to talk to anybody without acting like Jack Nicholson. Like, that is a mental disorder he cannot overcome. Do you think it is an overall, like, if we look back on this through his entire career as a meta, like, reading on his entire career, like, can't you just be you, Jim, without doing all the voices and the faces? Can't we just see the real you? And he's like, nope, I'm Jim Carrey. I'm going to turn it on. I'm up to 11 no matter what. <laughs> but he's having this really intense, serious conversation with Buddy Alan Thick, and he just and they're like, I, I just, I can't, I can't talk to women unless I, unless I talk like Jack Nicholson. I don't, I don't understand why I just can't, I can't not do this. See, when I, when I talk to women, I, I can't seem to be myself. I, I get nervous and I, I get carried away trying to be someone else. Yeah, well, I've heard of split personalities before, but Jack Nicholson at 30,000 feet, now that is extreme. It's dangerous. It's very bizarre, Bobby, and you ought to see somebody about that. I'm telling you that is your friend. It's a problem. It was a great impression, though. (laughs) 
It's not funny. Well, you worry too much. You know, you and I and whoever else you got locked up in there, we're going to take Club Med by storm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, as someone who pos- who has like a you know the ability to have normal conversation, I just want to throw my shoe at the screen and tell him to like move on to the next scene because this is just freaking stupid. The thing is, Jim Carrey's a handsome man. If he just went up to a girl and was like, "You know what? You want to help me with stand-up comedy?" I think it would probably work. That was the last episode. That that that, that, that was, was rubber, rubber face. face. That was rubber or the, face. Or the episode before that. I don't, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all like Jim Carrey is a handsome enough guy that he doesn't need to do anything for a woman to to like fall into his arms. I feel like. I, I feel like. Uh, I'm gonna interject here. He's got to do a little work. <laughs> He's not that attractive in this. He's boyish right now. He's a little boyish, and he's a. He feels like it feels like he plays like if you're modern actor, he feels like he plays a little too much Call of Duty in 2006. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to hang out with him because I feel like he's just gonna tell me about video games all day, and I'm like, I don't care, Jim. But if he, he tells does, you about video games in a normal voice versus Jack Nicholson voice... Would the Jack Nicholson of, improves it. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, so honestly, we should stick with the Jack Nicholson no, voice. No, no, no. If you want to impress a woman, don't use a Jack Nicholson impression. <laughs> what impression should I use to impress women? I, I'm taking oh, my bo- my partner impressed me with a Tom Wiseau impression, so we're oh. all different. I pull, how about what if I pull out my Mandy Patinkin impression? Will, will that lead to me getting... I want to hear this. Let's hear. Let's uh, hear Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, let's hear oh, Mandy no. Patinkin impression. Oh God, I didn't expect this right now. You brought it up. Uh, well, he he. The thing about Mandy Patinkin, they, uh, most people just do the falsetto side of it, where it's like, it's like, what is the song? Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not us to see. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> Well, the fact that you had to explain it made it that much funnier. Yeah, that really works in the ladies. It's not funny. It's just like, yeah, it's the Mandy Patinkin voice. You got to go, oh, and then you go, oh, oh I'm so high, I'm Mandy Patinkin. And oh, no, I'm not. And just gets all the ladies <laughs> his Mandy Patinkin impression. It does. It does. You just need to start singing those songs. Um, But what is Alan Thicke's problem? Alan, Alan Thicke? What? God, uh, where do we start? Um, Fat shaming a guy and deciding I'm going to be a better skier than him. He he plays like the douchebaggy bro buddy, but he's totally miscast in that role because I think in real life he's he's the dad from Growing Pains. Like that wasn't acting. So now he's trying to be this kind of d-bag sort of a guy, and it doesn't work for me. But he's a like Bob he's trying Saget to like might have worked better. Yes, much better. Or like I would have liked to have seen Gilbert Gottfried. That's you know what? Let's introduce a segment on the podcast called "Who Wore It Better," where we oh we, I we like find, this. We find all all the other comedians that would have done a better job than somebody else that we didn't like in the movie. And bonus point is that if they're dead recently, so Norm <laughs> Macdonald also would have done a very good job in this. <laughs> oh God, he would have though. <laughs> It's true. He would have, yeah. We Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. Hey, so you got to just do your impressions for him. Which is coming from Gilbert would have been really kind of crazy. You got to no, do your imagine. impressions to impress the ladies. <laughs> Was that Jerry Lewis? <laughs> I don't know. I can only do William Shatner, really. <laughs> No one, no one can do a good Gilbert no, Gottfried. I don't I try. think. 
Like, even those that think they can, like, uh, it's a struggle because it's so very specific. Like, I feel like I can do a better Bob Saget. Like, come on, Jim. You got to do better than that. Come on. You, you do your impressions for the girl. Like, you just got to be kind of <laughs> sleazy and a bit of a dick. And you're Chicks love Jack Bob Nicholson. Saget. Chicks love Jack Nicholson. His deep receding hairline. It just reminds them of, like, like the sexual power of men. I mean, Jack Nicholson so, did an entire movie where he learned to not date younger women. So. Oh, my God. Well, so Liz, what would you? How would you characterize Alan Thicke, aka Jack Reach, his his overall personality? Uh, he reminds me of the. I hate to mention South Park. He reminds me of the guy from the South Park skiing episode that wants to beat up the kids all the time. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna beat you in skiing, even though you're eight. If you oh, pizza when you, you should have every... French fried, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> yes, and it's the guy, and he, he'll, then he'll sing the Montauk song from South Park, and then we'll have fun. But I, he reminds me of every he... douche in an '80s ski movie, but played by a guy who doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So in between takes, Alan, like not Alan, <laughs> yeah, Alan Thick. I got, I get Robin and Alan mixed up now. Thanks, Jess. Robin Thick is not. I know you want it. This movie. Yeah. No, I feel like in between takes, Alan Thick is like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I called you fat. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I did not, I do not think you're fat. I do not think you're fat. Anyway, I have to call you fat in the next take. So, um, I'm so sorry again. I'm going to say sorry after the take's over. Okay. All right. I'm ready I'm to sorry. act again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm You're so not fat. Sorry. Um, I, I get that. Alan Thicke just feels like he's the representation of toxic masculinity in every form. Like, no matter what, I have to prove I'm better than this one guy or else my dick's going to feel smaller than everyone else. And then when you get showed up so effectively, it's just like, oh, I got to eat this crow. I just, and also yeah. I like the fact that every woman they come across just despises them. Like that is <laughs> the fact that the movie is kind of self-aware of how loathable these two human beings are. That is, is an accurate an reaction watch. to anything they say. Let me tell you, if either well, of these two I, approach me to ski resort, I'd run away. So, so, so it seems like when they were writing this movie, though, all they did was have a roulette wheel with two sides to it. And they spun it, and they said, all right, this next scene, is this going to be another full-length song or another misogynistic scene? And it went to full-length song about three too many times. Well, I guess we should talk about each song. Did you know any of these artists? No, did not. Okay, because I feel like at least one of them had to ring a bell for someone, not a single one for me. And I just assumed that was just because I don't know musicians much. No, no, I assumed one of them was Charlie Daniels at one point, and I was like, no, wait, that's not, there's no way that's Charlie Daniels. No, Rita Coolidge, she sounds familiar. What was she in? Um, She did the soundtrack to Octopussy and Splash. Billboard, country, top, Chris Christopher. I know, I've heard of Chris Christopher. Okay, people also ask, according to Google, are Chris Christopher and Rita Coolidge still friends? Um, Oh, I guess they dated. Yeah, look at that. that. Yeah, I, I care not at all. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
The only song that I knew, like, as a song that I know exists in the wild, was when Jim Carrey goes up and does his Sammy Davis Jr. impression and sings Mr. Bone Jangles. Wait, didn't they ask him to sound check or like, or weren't they in the middle of sound check? I can't remember. I thought, cause there was a live mic and someone was like, go up there and use it. And then he started doing his thing. And then instead of kicking them off, like any good union manager would do, <laughs> they, they were like, wait a, wait a second, this guy, this guy, he's on to something. He's got some talent. I'm sorry, other, other act, this guy's going on. But that doesn't even happen. He, he doesn't go on. He just kind of fucked around, and then they're like, oh, that was pretty good. Get off the stage now. Yeah. Yeah, they let him. Go, go. Let, the band in the background's like, wait, wait a second. Wait, hold on. Ah, yeah, I know this tune, but I don't know, Mr. Bud. Yeah, they like back him up the whole for the whole way, and then he's like, "All right, I'm out." It's vaguely similar to that yeah, scene in Walk Hard, on to- where like Dewey Cox is like, "I have a new song. <laughs> Trust me, you'll figure out how to play it." And then he just starts singing his brand new song. And his band is like, "Oh, I know how to do this." <laughs> <laughs> Dewey, go get Paul. I've been chopped in half real bad. <laughs> wrong kid, Dad. Um, favorite line. <laughs> John C. Riley. It's the next podcast. The wrong kid died. We gotta get through a year and a half of this one. Uh, not even just a year died. and a half of this, because don't forget, season two of this show is oh, going yeah, through the sequels two. without Jim Carrey. Two. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to. As soon Ace as we get to the good junior. stuff again. I love Ace Ventura Jr. <laughs> best best film, uh, honestly, n- not his worst sequel without him in it. I already know what that is. <laughs> Not when Son of the Mask exists. Like, you can't pick on a little kid as much as you can pick on the movie Son of the Mask. So, <laughs> does the story wrap up at all, Alan? Or does it just kind of, like, wheel spin until it's done? It They just end with a song and fade. Oh, shocker. And fade out with, like, what would have been a cool drone shot had they existed back then. But it was probably an overpriced helicopter shot. Well, no, it's the B-roll that they paid just to get of Club Med in general. Didn't they? Like, yeah, but it was probably the, the Club Med like promotional material. Literally, this whole thing reeks of infomercial where they're like, let's throw a couple actors in there that nobody's really heard of yet and some song, some singers that people have heard of, and that'll, that'll get people out to Copper Mountain. That'll do it. Well, let's get them to pizza and french fry. That's fair. I want to take a look at what the Club Med Village in Copper Mountain actually consisted of. Um, for some reason, I'm like, look, I want to see if there's like some kind of thing that happened there horribly. So let's think. Um, in 1986, the ABC TV movie Club Med stars Jack Scalia and Linda Hamilton as Club med manager and guests respectfully who fall in love so that is the most that that had in the pop culture like this is like a little a like a footnote in the story of the popular cultural references of club med whenever i think of colorado yeah like the ski like snow of colorado i think breckenridge but that's because of of cannibal the musical which was matt stone and trey parker's college the college process yes project which was way better than copper mountain by the way Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for half the budget of Copper Mountain and, like, none of the stars. They like, filmed Cannibal's it over a week in spring break. 
They did it for fun, and it came it out is, better than Copper Mountain. I'd say that's a high-quality musical. I th- honestly think that's the best musical they've ever written, and Let's yes, I'm including every musical they've ever written. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it it's better so than Book of Mormon, better than the South Park movie, better than Imagination Land. I think that is the best I mean, the musical they've ever created. Imagination Land isn't that good. It's like two songs. Yeah. I will say there is a Club Med in Florida. Oh, is there as much skiing there? Uh, probably not, but there's only one Club Med in the United States now, and it is Florida. <laughs> I have, yeah, I had a friend who, after college, went down and was like a tour director or something at, at club in that Club Med in Florida. She had a she yeah, had a really Sand, good time. Sandpiper Bay, Florida. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. There's also yeah. one in Quebec. Que- Quebec. Well, Ke- we say. Why didn't they shoot in the Quebec, Quebec one? Bet. I know, right? Here. <laughs> I mean, that'll open later. I'm on the Club Med website, so. Why didn't they There's do that? There's some last minute oh deals gosh. I can buy real quick if I want to go to a Club Med. So okay, all three of us, we're going to Club Med. Listen, I think uh, we need, they need to sponsor this podcast, and we will go and do live shows from. I would I, do that. I, we, would, I, go to Club I Med. would do that too. I would go to Club Med and ski and record podcasts while we're skiing. Every episode has to fit. Every episode yes. has to fit into a chairlift ride. Can I sit in the um, chairlift I've... and record the podcast so you guys can no. see yeah. the support from the chairlift? <laughs> you have like, I'm you over have here. To you can hear our microphones to carry the mics. <laughs> they they will sponsor us, but not enough to get cordless equipment. So we are wired <laughs> to you. So you have to be I'm behind us. I'm wired to the chair. I'm just like <laughs> stuck there. You guys are like, I'm Jess and I'm Alan. We're on the sound of we got carried away. <laughs> Liz is on a just chair, not cable. dying. They give like, us just I'm enough cable for you to hang in the chair behind us while we're <laughs> <laughs> while we're interview talking while we're going up the chairlift. I'm de- just trying to interject randomly, like guys, this is bad. You need to stop who's fast. <laughs> but you have to. But we don't have walkie-talkie, so you're just shouting it the whole time. Guys. <laughs> And then people listen to the podcast because it still gets uploaded. We got a, we got deadlines to make. Um, I was like, is, it's sponsored by Club Med. We have to upload it. We have no choice. Yeah, we have yeah, no yeah, choice. We have to do it. When um, you go corporate, wh- you got to meet your deadlines. Yeah. Then we record the second episode in Florida where we're not skiing and it's a lot more calm. But that's on the water yeah, flume, so that's the, that's harder to maintain because all the recording gear is in, in plastic bags. It's still, cord. I'm still covered in cords. But we're all corded, yes. We're still just in Florida, though, which is just like being in hell. Yeah. yeah. More or less. So, Copper Mountain. Yeah, we have failed to talk about the best character of the entire movie, though. The band? No, Yogi Haberdaddy. <laughs> ha- Haberdaddy. Haberdaddy. He is a character that has the best name, appears for a second, and then whenever he's not on screen, people just start talking about him for no reason. Sadly enough, this actor has not done anything else. So. No, but you don't just throw a character named Yogi Habadaddy in a movie, talk about him a bunch, and just have him have no presence whatsoever physically. Also, he was weirdly a part of the plot because it's like Alan Thicke was trying to win the ski race. This is the vague plot this movie has. I, uh, so Alan Thicke's trying to win a ski race, but he loses to Yogi Habadaddy, um, which is a fun name to say. And then Yogi yeah, Habadaddy's he, like, keeps- I feel bad for you, whatever your name is, Alan Thicke, and I'm going to let you compete in my place for no apparent reason. Well, no, he has every medal ever made from skiing, so he doesn't need another one. So Alan Thicke, you go and try to win a medal. It's a, it's Starlight Express rules. Like, 
I don't care if you didn't win any of the other races. You get to win the tournament now just because no, you started showing up. Now you said that Android up. Weber is going to hear it and think of make a musical based on Copper Mountain. It's already a musical. Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know, a theater musical, like back. a Broadway one. That's it, a good point. You were talking about this, the subplot with Alan Thicke trying to win this race. Like, he, I get that. He is the most competitive masculine influence in this movie. And he's trying to, you know, he's influencing Jim to like go be with the ladies and be popular. So like they show up together and then he has nothing to do. So they write him this story to try to beat all the other skiers when he's not that good. Like not even not that good in real life, but in the movie he keeps falling down. Okay. Uh, This is just a dumb thing. The, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. They credit Jim Carrey as both Bobby Todd slash Sammy Davis Jr., which is just a choice as if to imply he... I wonder if if that was written or if they were like, Jim goes up to Mike and sings. And becomes Sammy Davis Jr. Well, he just like whipped out, you know, his impression of Sammy Davis Jr., or the movie just didn't have a script and they showed up at a club med in Colorado and like, okay, let's make up a movie. We have these bands that we can fill the runtime with. Jim, go up there and do something. Let's go. <laughs> How dare you assume this doesn't have a script? It is a tightly wound plot with a lot of thematic ties. Totally. Especially that clear, especially that Clearden's Clearwater Rival song we heard three times. Very tightly Yeah, rumor structured. has it they filmed the entire thing in an hour and a half. Yeah. it's it's Yeah. yeah the movie's yeah. an hour, so that would make some sense. <laughs> And then, so the 30 minutes was just rehearsal time for the band. Yeah, it was live recording. It's a live movie. What is the worst part of this movie? Is it the Jim Carrey subplot, or is it the Alan Thicke subplot, or is it the third option, which is the interminable songs? It's the songs, man. It's gotta be the songs, because you're like, plot, 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 and then, all right, we're sort of going somewhere, and then screeching halt, let's listen to an entire full-length song that we've already heard. Nope, I, I, hard to disagree there. At least you feel like you're getting somewhere with all the other ones. Jim Carrey feels like he might one day get a woman, and even in the end, he doesn't. He just kind of boobers into like someone that doesn't despise him for a second. Because he plays like he's getting hurt and gets two women to carry him off the slopes. That's him being himself. Right. That's the plot of the movie. Okay, if that's what the movie says. Liz, how about we go into a mid-show and then we look at some reviews. Weren't those some awesome commercials? I bet you feel like looking into all of them. How about we get on to some other reviews? Liz, you've got something in your critical corner. What do we have here? Uh, let me tell you. I There's not many reviews for these movies, uh, these Canadian TV movies that are also ads for Club Med. But I went on the Rotten Tomatoes page, <laughs> and I found a blog post from 2021 of some random person deciding to watch Copper Mountain. How does it was on the official Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes page. So, I said, Alan, how do we get that. our podcast like approved by Rotten Tomatoes so that we can decide whether The Last Jedi deserves a uh, 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes or whatnot? I don't know, but now I have a new purpose in life. 
So I'm gonna we're this gonna podcast. Figure, we're gonna figure we're gonna be the out. one review of Rubber Face on Rotten Tomatoes, giving it a 100. <laughs> there are zero. There are zero. The only review I found Rubber Face was a sentence describing the premise. Alan, we could do that. That could be us. We could define the score of Rubber Rubber Face. All right, 100 percent. Right, hundred percent rotten. <laughs> Let's go, Liz. What All does right. it say? So this is from Chase Bird, Jazz Kemig from The Stranger. Um, in this post in twenty twenty one, it's a blog post of a bunch of random movies from a bunch of random years. So okay, very let's weird. just say maybe maybe they're just deep into the COVID. You know what? I have had this Copper Mountain DVD sitting around for seventeen years. Might as well give it a watch because I got nothing better to do. That's true. All right, here we go. This movie is trash. Let's not pretend otherwise. What? While it's unstream, while it's unstreamable, it's not hard to find. Copies on eBay sell for like a buck. I only rented it because it features prolific alpine skier John Claude Killy, and I'm on an Olympic kick. It also, oh, as you can okay. see, as you can see above, features a very early career of Jim Carrey. That's the appeal for most people. But as one eBay reviewer wrote, I thought the movie was the dumbest movie I I ever seen. They shouldn't have been able to release the movie. Doesn't that make you want to see it? Honestly, that review, if I had read that first, I would have wanted to see it. Also, I do not know who Jean-Claude Killer I was. Just looked <laughs> up, I just looked up Jean-Claude. He is a French former World Cup alpine ski racer who dominated the sport in the late 1960s. Yeah, this whole movie between the singers and Jean-Claude must, <laughs> like, all of their budget must have gone to that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we need to pay some writers. Let's hire our teenage kids to do it. And so then they developed the script, which didn't go anywhere. But yeah. this whole thing must have been a favor to somebody for to Club Med. Club Med, Club Med. yeah. <laughs> Is that that's what our like, future ski podcast will be one day? <laughs> Alan, maybe if we started a ski podcast, we get invited to Club Med, and we literally Ooh. just do it for the vacation trip. Ski cast. All right, yeah. come on, got got to get on that. Make that make that money. Yeah. I, I will say honestly, is... we are here to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alan, completely. I will say there's one scene where they introduce the skier, and the entire scene is the guy going, aren't you John Cod Killy, the guy who won a bunch of medals? And Lake was just exhibition telling me who this guy is, because no one knew who he was. It reminds me of that when Chuck was sponsored by Subway for two seasons, there was an entire scene every other episode where they were discussing the new Subway sandwich that was apparently delicious. I remember that and thought it was so weird. It was Didn't very they- weird parody that on community where they had a character named subway where someone legally changed their name to subway so they can probably keep talking about subway community is great um is john claude kelly still alive uh yes hey john come on to the show he's 78 tell us, tell us about copper mountain Tell us about the making of Copper Mountain. So for all of these early Jim Carrey movies, if anyone was involved in them in any way whatsoever and want to come on to try to elaborate on some of it, we would welcome that wholeheartedly. Like, we want to know explanations of why Copper Mountain is what it is, why it feels like it was shot on a potato and the microphones didn't exist. Explain these things to me, please. (laughs) Shot in a potato is probably the best way I've heard anything described my entire life. Hey, how'd you film that? I used a potato. <laughs> Just shot through a potato. So, fun fact. <laughs> I, I'm going to go filmmaker nerd. You can actually film things through a potato. Um, it has been done. Like, Does you it look good? Lens through it. You put, it looked fine. I, like, they just set up some film, put a sensor in there. Like, they shot it through a potato. So I think the follow-up to this podcast, the sequel, is going to be Shot Through a Potato. That's the name of our next podcast. 
Heck yeah. Um, but on that note, who cares what this guy on the, the, the stranger.com has to say? It's time for us to compare our opinions to those of the crazy people over on letterbox.com. It's time for Letterbox Liz to read us some Letterbox reviews. Yeah. Okay, I will say 700 people on Letterbox have seen Copper Mountain. And guess who's one oh of them? Gosh. Was it me? It was you two years ago. Oh, what did I give it? One and a half. Oh, I liked it better than Rubber Face. Good for me. You liked it way better than Rubber Face two years ago. Let me give you context for that real quick, because I know my context for that one. Um, So I got this movie for Christmas, I think, 15 years ago. Just because my parents knew I liked Jim Carrey, it had his face on it. And I put it in, and right when I heard the audio, I was like, I'm noping out of this. I made it 15 minutes in, and I was like, I don't think I will enjoy this. Um, all right, what do we got, Liz? All right. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. All right. Jim does a Sammy Davis, Sammy Davis Jr. impression for about seven about seven minutes in, and it, that even can distract you from the fact this is an hour-long club med marketing tool. That's a one star. Yes. I don't even think so I need to hear more. That's so there's still no fives, so it's over a one. <laughs> All right, so one, over a one or not one. No one Got has it. given this, like, three people have given this five stars. They haven't written any words on it, so I don't know their true opinions. So <laughs> those, those Letterbox users who rated that five stars, put your words, put your thoughts in words. <laughs> I want to know As I say thinking. to my children, use your words. Use yes. your words. As I talk about my best friend Brent's video game, use your words. Use your words. Great game, by the way. Oh. <laughs> All right, Alan, you're up. Okay. I can promise you that I've seen this movie more than anyone else before. Me and my my mate put this on every time we go get back from the pub and watch it. It's crap, but for some stupid reason, we quote the shit out of it. I reckon I've seen it 80 times. So uh, that's definitely not a one. Maybe a three. It's a three. It is a three. Good job. Yes! It's really Why would you do that to yourself? I know, right? so bad all right yes it's like when you know there are things certain things you watch when you get high or when you get drunk or something yeah. like tucker and dale versus evil that's one of those that are like that's a great bad movie. or trolls 2 you ever see trolls mm-hmm. 2 there never was yeah. a trolls 1 i have not seen Who trolls 2 it? but i'm i don't Who have any small children so that's probably why yeah no it is nothing um, to, no not that trolls not not trolls oh the troll not two trolls World you're talking Tour. about troll two not trolls troll, two troll two troll two yeah is it no, that's great trolls? that's a great know. movie with to the, watch while intoxicated with the little people the live action one yes yeah the one where they Silent turn the night, people Deadly into night vegetables two? so they can eat them they plants yes, they one. turn them into trees then they eat yeah. the tree yeah, yeah that was better her. than copper mountain it's way better than copper mountain watch that throw a rock you'll find a movie better than copper mountain and they were all still shot through a potato. All right, next one. Yes. Next one. Yep. All right. Jim Carrey is so young here. A cutie, dork, smiley face. This is the thirstiest these early Jim Carrey movies get. We're going to get much thirstier, I feel like, when we go further. Like, we, when we do Letterboxd on musicals with cheese, they get, like, overtly Thirsty. sexual to a way. There's a lot of Grandpa Joe thirst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen to our Wonka episode for that one. But I'm going to give that one a three, or at least above one. That is a three. All right, next up. This is this is my favorite one. Right. Yogi Hebadaddy is the love of my life. Shh. Don't <laughs> tell my boyfriend Jacob. A bunch of emojis. One being the devil emoji. 
Yogi Habadaddy. Well, there was nothing negative about that review, so it's not a one. It's it's either two or three again. Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it another three. It's actually a one. What? <laughs> Yoga no. Habadaddy. I know it surprised me too. <laughs> nope. Table flip. Table flip. I want to recount. Flips the table. So I can't do this. Way I can't do record this podcast on skis because you can't flip a table. <laughs> yeah, you can't flip, flip my flip ski lift. over though. Flip my ski lift. That will make the equipment fall in the snow. Well, we're that's why we have wires, so we can just pull it back up. That's right. You're not wrong. You're not, not wrong. wrong. All right. My brother bought the DVD at Goodwill for one dollar. <laughs> After he watched it, he passed it passed it on to me, and I gotta say, it's a fucking gem. That's a that's not a one star. That that sounds like a lovely story. Yeah. That's a brother. This is a tale of brotherhood. It's the true brotherhood is sharing Copper Mountain and picking which one you are. Are you more Jim Carrey or Alan Thicke? So what is this? Uh, what neither. is this, Jess? What I, is it? I, it said it's, oh, it's said a three. It was You're definitely right. not a it's one. It's a three. I said, You're right. I said it wasn't a one. I, I said that a thousand years ago, Liz. Sorry. I, I You were just talking. I was letting you talk. All right. Next up. Skiing beer mugs. Period? That's it. That's the entire thing. Skiing beer mugs. Because that's what mugs. they called Yogi. They called him a beer mug because he's fat. So, w- all right. One star. One star. Yes. All right. All right. Next up. Skiing beer mugs Can't- shot through a potato. Yes. Can't tell this is an inf- this was an infomercial or a mountain music concert. Maybe both? Wait, you, c- you can't tell it's a- if it's an infomercial? Oh, we're not done or- yet. Why is Jim Carrey in it? The plot doesn't really follow any sort of regular method of storytelling, so it's hard to tell what's going on. <laughs> know what? One. Yes. I had to think about it. All right. That could have gone two. I think I saved the best for last. <laughs> that could have gone two. All right. To be completely honest, I was playing brick balls. Brick ball. Uh, to be completely honest, I was playing Brick's Ball Crusher on my phone while watching this, <laughs> but that movie, but that only made the movie better. <laughs> Rick's Ball Crusher. Let's Google what that is. That's an app I get ads for all the time while playing other apps. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you just throw the balls at Bricks. Makes sense. That's and crush exactly them. What it's... It made the base come around them. better, though, according to this lovely user. I crush them. I crush you. I crush you. Um, we are in Canada, so that is a good reference to make. One star. That is a one. <laughs> bing, bing. Oh, yeah, we are tied. Yeah. Is that the end of the game? That's the end. Alan, you and I are too evenly matched. We must fight to the death now. All I'll right. meet you on Copper Mountain. I shall see you with my skiing beer mugs. I'll bring the equipment. <laughs> okay. Don't forget the cable. <laughs> French fry waffle, French fry waffle. All <laughs> right. Can we just get some um, fries after this is over? <laughs> and then we're all just a mangled body parts and you know microphone cables at the bottom of the mountain she died doing what she loved being covered in microphone cords on a ski (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a love that I can't explain to my parents but I feel it so deeply (laughs) on that Uh, note Alan what is your overall thoughts on Copper Mountain is it an alrighty then or a no spank you oh god it's a no spank you it's a no question it's a no spank you no spank is it more or less of a no spank you than rubber face? I, I, 
I want to, at least I knew what Rubberface was trying to do that wasn't selling tickets for, I want to keep saying MetLife, Club Med. (laughs) (laughs) Club Med. So I'm going to say it's more of a no spanky than Rubberface. So Rubberface is still number one in our rankings because I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's a no spanky. But Rubberface is still significantly more of a movie. With a plot and things it wanted to say. Wow. Like, that's a dawn rubber face with faint praise, but it, it's it's the better thing. Um, also, I want to ask, do you think, how was the carry of it all? Well, how do you think Jim Carrey was represented, and how much of his future work do you see in this one? I, I felt like, um, like he did a pretty decent job in this with the little story that existed. He he got to give a little bit of a you know his Sammy Davis Jr. impersonation, and he got to do his Jack Nicholson impersonation. So he was sort of getting there, doing impersonations. But he still has yet to develop his own unique character for the for the movie we are talking about. He's doing he's still doing other people. That's fair. And all right, Liz, what do you think? No spank you or alrighty then? It's definitely no spank you. Uh, but I don't hate. I don't hate it as much as Rubberface. <laughs> I know it has no You hated Rubberface more? I did, but I found Rubberface deeply more sexist and it made me more angry. This one just made me annoyed with all the musical numbers, but it didn't <laughs> offend me as much as Rubberface did. But this one is so much more blatantly misogynistic. It is. It's very, both of these are misog, both of those are misogynistic, but I just really didn't like watching a woman be fat shamed for 45 minutes. Fair so. point. I didn't like watching a guy get fat shamed for 45 minutes. I didn't like that either. <laughs> and Yogi Habitat, he didn't do nothing wrong. No, I was, I was just imagining watching this movie like drunk and just laughing at how the musical numbers are going on a little too long. <laughs> so I hated only slightly less than Rubberface, but I still hate them both. So it's definitely a no spank you. You know what? Fair enough. Um, but I still think Rubberface is number one in the overall ranking. I know you have a dissenting voice. There, no, no, Liz. I think Rubberface is still number one. I'm just saying I could, I would might maybe one day get really drunk and watch this movie just because I'm bored. You know so. what? I'd probably get drunk and watch Rubberface. I need to be yeah, able I... to hear what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> The audio on both of these. Mm -mm. Canada. Hopefully in the future um, for what we've got coming up. And sadly, maybe not with um, the the sex and violence family hour and all in good taste. Oh, my God. That was the worst out of the three of them so far where you can't hear anything. Can't hear anything. Anyway, can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. No idea what order we're going to release these episodes in. So maybe we've already talked about it. Maybe you already know our thoughts there. Um, Alan, this was so much fun. Promote your other stuff for the world to see. Yes. Uh, also on the Broadway Podcast Network, you can find the theater podcast with Alan Seals, my solo show, and my co-hosted show, I Yes, I'm Podcast a pol- Polyamorous, um, called, well, that's not the name of my podcast, but that would be a good podcast <laughs> that's, that's podcast, po- podcast Polyamory. Yes. So, Jess, I have a co-hosted show with you, and I also have a show with my friend Heather Vickery called Was It Chance? That was the longest explanation ever. Yes. The theater podcast, Was It Chance, Broadway Podcast Network. Boom. There you go. Your turn. All right. Um, 
I host Musicals with Cheese on the Broadway Podcast Network with my good friend Andrew DeWolf. I also host the Dear Friends Podcast on the Broadway, Broadway on the Broadway Podcast Network with Emily Clark and Christy <laughs> Esterly. Um, two very fun podcasts that I love doing so much. Um, but if you'd like to follow us all over, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Carried Away with Jess and Alan. We're on Twitter at Carried Away Pod and Instagram at the same ID. Shoot us an email at ca- fuck me. Shoot us an email at Carried Away Podcast at G gmail.com our title card is created by the amazing grace aki go follow them on instagram at it's grace aki this show is produced by the amazing elizabeth Eston. thank you very much liz for doing this our theme song is i choose you by the band thanks thank you band for thank thank you thanks for letting us use that that's going to be a very difficult sentence to get out thank you thanks um, thank you to the Broadway Podcast Network for having us on the platform and for not kicking us off for fat shaming Yogi Yabadaddy. All right. Anything else we have left to say? I believe. Yogi Yabadaddy. We got it. All right. And also, hashtag justice for Yogi Yabadaddy. Um, really, Habadaddy. Habadaddy? His name is Habadaddy. Justice for Yogi Habadaddy. We, we, we should be doing d- d- better. We hashtag should, we should shot support. through a potato. Hashtag shot through the potato. Hot hashtag club med experience (laughs) all right we'll see you next time (laughs) we'll see you next time on the carried away podcast hey it's leslie udom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.